are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about a common question we get. How can I be getting migraines when I'm healthy? How are you, Mary? Doing great. How are you? Good, good. So this podcast is inspired by a post in our free Facebook group, Healing Migraines Naturally, with Leslie Caesar, ND. And the poster, um, she references, she's obviously been listening to the podcast, been listening to some of my free training material. And so she asks a question, you know, Dr. Leslie mentions that you should restore your health so that you can get rid of your migraines. And then she said, well, you know, I looked up on Google, how do you restore your health? And it says, well, you should work out, eat healthy, drink more water, get this amount of hours of sleep, you know, these types of recommendations. And so her question, you know, she's kind of confused, right? Like, okay, I'm doing all of these things, right? I'm, I'm exercising, I'm eating, I'm eating right. I'm getting plenty of sleep. I'm hydrating, right? I'm, I'm meditating. I'm, you know, all right. I'm doing all of these things that are supposed to make me healthy, right? So why am I still getting migraines? I thought this was a really, really great, great question. Yes. And I bet 99% of our listeners and Facebook members are probably like thinking exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the term restore your health feels a little bit mystic and mysterious and like, what exactly are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, just, just the fact that she's been listening and still having questions, right? It's some feedback to me. How can I explain this better to people? How can I get this message out in, in a better way to people? Okay. Because this is, like I say, the question that she's raising, it's a really, really great question. I'm glad she had like the courage to ask the question. Yes. So there's some common misconceptions here. Okay. That we have, and this poster, right. This is not a criticism of her. This is a misconception that I had as well. Okay. So we have been told, right. Even this word health or healthy, right. What do we mean by this? So usually when people say, you know, oh, she's healthy, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm healthy, I'm working on my health. Mm -hmm. So many times health is being used as a synonym for our physical fitness. Right. Yeah. How many pounds do I weigh? Yeah. How how many pounds do I weigh? How many miles can I run? How many pounds can I lift? Right. It's like the most measurement stick we use those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many times when people use this word healthy, they really mean physical fitness. Mm -hmm. The other thing too, that, that is kind of causing confusion for people, right? Because the poster Googled, how do I get healthy, right? And this was the answer that came up, drink water, get get sleep, exercise, eat healthy, okay? These are some of the most basic fundamental habits that have to be in place 
Yes, that's true. Okay. If we, if, if people don't sleep, they're not going to feel well very quickly. Right. Everybody knows that if you sit around and you eat, you know, Twinkies and Doritos all day long, you're not going to feel well. Right. So much. <laughs> right. Everybody knows that if you don't drink any water for a couple of days, you're going to end up in the ER. Right. So right. it's like basic answers. Like, yes, all of those things are true and important, but it's an incomplete picture. Right. I mean, it's the most surface level type habits. Mm. Right. And that are so obvious to people. Right. Right. And this is why I'm sure the poster posted this because she, you know, Googles this and then it's like, okay, <laughs> I mean, how, how do I, how am I not doing this stuff? Of course I'm sleeping every day. Of course I'm drinking water. Of course I'm eating. Right. And you know, those of us that are prone to migraines, when we are in a chronic migraine state, we're not eating Twinkies and Doritos all day long because that would really throw us into a migraine state. Right. So, right. you know, most people with chronic migraines, they're not eating, uh, too poorly, even. Right. They can't, right? They're too sensitive to foods. Yeah, I think we expect, like, if we check all of those boxes, because that's what we've been taught our whole lives, check these boxes, you're good to go. We expect a certain amount of return on investment there, and it's not always the case. Exactly. Exactly. So then I come in here and say, oh, you know, uh, if you're getting chronic migraines, you're not in a state of health. And the first thing you need to focus on is restoring your health. And then people go, <laughs> what is she talking about? I'm drinking water. I'm eating. I'm sleeping. Right. It's like, what, what more could I be doing? Right. 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 And so this is, and, and I think another thing that's at play here is the conventional medical definition of health is so incorrect. I guess that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And we did right. a podcast on this specifically called Help, My Doctor Says I'm Healthy. Right. Right? And this is the typical, typical chronic migraine sufferer. They go into the doctor. They get the blood work done. They get the imaging done. They're almost praying that something comes back on blood work or imaging, not because they want to be sick, but just because they would finally have an explanation as to why they're feeling like this. And then everything comes back fine. Right. Nothing right. comes back on the blood work. Nothing comes back on the imaging. And the doctor says, oh, good news. You're healthy. Right. So in a very limited sense of the way, you've been given the star of approval and you're good to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I put a little smiley face on the labs and yeah. then send you back home to suffer. <laughs> yeah. But does that really mean anything? Is it real? Exactly. Exactly. So what is health? Right? So again, I I like to even use the term state of health. Mm-hmm. What state of health are we in? Because health is not something that we achieve, right? It's, it's not like a, you know, well, I, I completed the requirements for a bachelor's degree and now I have my bachelor's. Right. I'm always, right. I'm, I'm always, a, I'm always going to be a college graduate from here on out. I think that's the only example I can think of where you check the boxes and finish and never have to go back. Right. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> marriage you have to keep working on health you have to keep working on parenting you have to keep working on like there is very few unfortunately very few things that we check off all the boxes and never have to keep working on again uh-huh right and so with our health it's not like we sort of achieve something check certain boxes achieve a state and then that's it for the rest of our life we are healthy right, right? We are in a state of health. We are in a relative state of health. So, and and how do we know what relative state of health we are in? Well, it's based on our symptoms. Mm-hmm. So when the body is not in a state of health, the body generates symptoms. Mm-hmm. We can have physical symptoms, symptoms that we feel physically in our physical body, like the physical pain that a migraine generates. We can have mental symptoms. These are symptoms that are around the thoughts that we experience, sort of the mental content that we experience. And then Mm -hmm. we can have emotional symptoms where we could have emotions that are causing us suffering in an Mm -hmm. inordinate amount of suffering, in uh, a disproportionate amount of suffering. So like, for example, we can have the emotion of anxiety We can have anxiety when we are driving and somebody, say, runs a stop sign right in front of us. Oh, and we're slamming on the brake. Our heart starts pounding. We have that anxiety. That is a response that is in line with what happened. Right. When we have the symptom of anxiety, then that anxiety might linger for days after the accident. We're replaying the accident in our mind. We're having nightmares. We are having fear of driving now. We're having panic attacks while we're driving. Right. So that would be a symptom. Right. So on the physical side, it's easier to determine if something is a symptom or not because we're feeling something physically on the mental or emotional side to determine if it's a symptom we have to look at the context of the mental or emotional phenomenon to really determine if it's a symptom or not but when we are not in a state of health the body generates these symptoms physical mental or emotional symptoms right and so That is an indication as to where our state of health is, those symptoms. How else would we know whether or not we are in a state of health if we didn't have these symptoms that the body generates? Mm -hmm. So if you are having chronic migraines, that's, those are symptoms. It's a complex phenomenon of symptoms, but those are symptoms that your body is generating. That's an indication that you are not in a state of health. Right. This could be, you know, this, this is true whether or not the blood work is all normal. This is true whether or not the imaging is normal. Right. I still find it fascinating how, I mean, maybe it's just silly for me to think this way, but like, isn't it crazy to think that you can literally feel like garbage and have absolutely no indication on lab work or imaging or anything to reflect that? Right. Like it's a, it's a phantom, like how you can't catch something if you can't see it. Right. Well, <laughs> but you can, you can, right. This is the sort of the fallacy that we have that modern laboratory technology is the be all and end all. It's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Because 
the lab work is designed to identify organ failure, severe pathology. It's not designed to pick up very subtle biochemical uh, changes in the body that might ultimately lead to the generation of a migraine. We do not have that level of sophistication uh, in the laboratory technology. Well, we've talked a lot about like the range of normal for laboratory technology too. Is like for me, like not to get too personal, but I have a normal thyroid, but it's on the very, 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 very low end of normal. Mm -hmm. So to the doctors, I'm just fine. But maybe that low end of normal is not good for me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, What are the other symptoms? that the body is generating, right? That has to be taken into context in laboratory interpretation. And that is taught in medical school. That was taught to me when I was in naturopathic medical school, that the lab work and the imaging needs to be interpreted in the context of the symptoms that the patient is experiencing. So in order to come to a medical diagnosis, the doctor has to take into account what are called subjective findings. Those are the symptoms that the person is experiencing, right? And they're called subjective findings because only the person experiencing them is experiencing them. That makes them subjective to the patient, right? It's not a derogatory term. It's just sort of a literal description of those symptoms. And then the second piece of data that is taken into consideration for a diagnosis are the objective findings. And so the objective findings are things that could be quantified or observable by someone else, right? That being the doctor. So that would be laboratory findings, findings on imaging, findings on the physical examination that the doctor does on the patient. And those subjective Mm -hmm. findings and objective findings are supposed to be taken together to generate the diagnosis. Now, in this day and age, when people go into the medical doctor, enough Mm -hmm. time is not given to go into great detail into the subjective findings. Mm -hmm. And so they are over-relying on the objective findings and not... But then you can't interpret those properly if you don't have the subjective symptoms from the patient as well. So this is a critical error that's being done, critical mistake in medicine that's being done in conventional medicine. When you have to kind of wonder how, and I think this happens quite often, especially with migraine sufferers, that, you know, they leave feeling like the doctor thinks it's all in their head. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think part of where that comes from is like, if they can't measure it or see it or whatever for themselves, it's, it's not, I don't think that it's that they really don't think it exists. It's just that I think that sometimes they assume it's worse in like, we're assuming our pain is worse than it really is. Or, you know, maybe it's brought on by stress or, you know, like we tend to downplay it because we can't objectively see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. It's a, it's a big problem with any chronic pain conditions. Mm-hmm. People run into that. Definitely. Yeah. So when we talk about being in a state of health, 
right? When we are in a state of health, we're not experiencing symptoms. Now, most, uh, I, I can't think of a client that I've had over the years that does not have other symptoms in addition to their migraines. Right. right? Now, most people don't even realize that they are experiencing symptoms because we've been told that symptoms are normal, right? Mm -hmm. We women have been told that it's normal, you know, once you get past 50, it's normal to have to get up in the middle of the night a couple times and use the bathroom. That's a symptom, right? People have been told it's normal to have hot flashes when they go through menopause. It's not (laughs) normal. That's a symptom Mm -hmm. that the body is generating. Mm -hmm. People have been told that, you know, it's, it's normal to have acne with their period. No, that's a symptom that the body is generating. Hmm. It's so, all of these things are normal. I know we've talked about acid reflux. Yeah. We've talked about digestive issues. Um, yeah. People think it's normal to not have a ball movement every day. Right. Right. So people are suffering from symptoms and they don't even realize that they're symptoms. Mm -hmm. Right. So then they say, well, you know, uh, the only thing that I have going on is migraines, which is like I say, probably not the case. Okay. But so then they say, well, I'm healthy except for these migraines. My blood work is fine. There's nothing on imaging. And then what, what is she talking about restoring the health? Right. This is, this is where people are at. And I understand why, because this is what they've been told. So we want to think about not like, okay, am I healthy or not? Because I've checked these boxes. I drink, I drink water. I eat reasonably well. I get, get, you know, eight hours of sleep, right? I'm not healthy because I've checked those boxes. I'm not in a state of health because my lab work is quote unquote normal right? I'm in a state of health, or I can tell what state of health I am in based on how I'm feeling. What are my symptoms? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I think is a factor here is a lot of times this label, oh, well, she's not very healthy. Mm. It's sort of like a judgment, Mm -hmm. right? There's no judgment around where your particular state of health is. Right. Not on an actual basis, right? There are some people, right? They're going to be jerks and they're going to judge people on that. Yeah. But in reality, right, this is not a judgment on us when we are not in a state of health. It's not a character failing. Like, yes. Our society has such a distorted, like, like you're calling a judgment, a a perception of, you know, people who look like they're not healthy. Oh, they're, you know, they're just lazy or, or whatever. Like we, we like to lump people in categories of, you know, healthy, not healthy, lazy, um, ambitious, like whatever, based on a very surface level of, of viewing that person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing that kind of holds people back sometimes from considering this concept that if they're getting migraines, they're not in a state of health, people don't want to be judged. 
They don't want to feel like they're being judged because there's this kind of negative connotation that we have. Oh, she's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I know people that won't even go to the doctor, not, not just because of how they look or because of their migraines, but just because they're afraid that if the paperwork doesn't show anything wrong, the doctor's going to be judging them for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So our bodies are designed to give us feedback. So when you open up a biochemistry textbook, that biochemistry textbook explains all of the feedback mechanisms that the body has relative to our biochemistry. Mm -hmm. Our body runs on biochemical feedback. Now, we are not consciously aware of our biochemistry. What we are consciously aware of are the symptoms that are generated. Mm -hmm. But we, we want to start thinking about our body as this amazing, uh, amazing feedback generating. You know, I, I don't want to call it a machine because we are way more than a machine. But our body is absolutely amazing in that it can generate feedback. Mm-hmm. It's like our little cells are having conversations all day long and we don't even right, know. Exactly. I always say, like simplify it to my level. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. And so without the feedback, how would we know where we are at? Mm-hmm. And then the other great thing is, is that when we know what we need to do mm-hmm. to restore our health, the body responds and we don't get that feedback anymore. Right. We feel better. Right. So the other thing we've been told is there's nothing we can do. You're doomed. It's genetic. You're unlucky. Nobody mm-hmm. knows why this is happening to you. Take the meds. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we couldn't do anything, the feedback that our body generates would be particularly cruel. Yeah. Right. Let me torment you with this feedback that you can do nothing about. Exactly. exactly. Pretty cruel design. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case, even though we've been kind of told this. Right? This is why people resent their symptoms. Right. Because they've been told, well, this is just, you know, this is just something your body's doing to torture you and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, boy, talk about resentment. Right. Well, and self-hatred, not to necessarily the person you are, but like the body you have and the, the life you were given and yeah, one of the most common, you know, thought patterns that people get when they have chronic migraines and they go into migraine flare is, you know, my body hates me. How come I have, you know, how come I have this and nobody else does? I have a ton of resentment that uh, happens to people when they have a migraine flare. And, but here's, here's the thing that we're not being told, right? Here's the thing that we haven't yet connected to is that when we get the feedback from our body, we can take action. We can take corrective measures mm-hmm. and then the body will respond and then it won't generate those symptoms and then we'll feel better. But all you have to do is sleep well, exercise, eat healthy. And what was the last one? Uh, <laughs> drink enough water. water. Like it should be so simple, right? Like you just right. check your boxes. Right. I mean, I guess that goes, circles back to that post. Like 
if it's not the simple answers, then what do we do? You know what I mean? So there are three things that we have to do to restore our health. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find them on Google. Okay. <laughs> so there are three things that we have to do. We have to get the nutrients to every cell in the body. Every mm-hmm. cell in our body requires nutrients to function properly. And again, you can open up any physiology textbook, any biochemistry textbook, and read about all of the nutrients that are required at the cellular level. Mm-hmm. So we, the first principle, I call these the three principles. The first principle is we have to get the nutrients to every cell in the body so that our cells can function properly. The second principle is we have to clear metabolic waste material from those Mm -hmm. cells. Because again, you can open up any physiology textbook, any biochemistry textbook, and read about the metabolic waste material that is generated when our cells take those nutrients, do their work. We have byproducts from that. Right. Those have to be eliminated, removed from the cell and eliminated and removed from our body. Okay. We're never going to feel well if we're swimming in trash. Right. And the third thing that we have to do, the third principle is we have to restore our resiliency and vitality. Mm-hmm. So that we can weather the inevitable stressors that are that we are going to encounter. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've talked a lot on this podcast about triggers and how that relates to our resiliency and vitality. So these are the three things that we have to do to restore our health. Let me ask you a dumb question, though. Like, I, I know it's way more complicated than this, but... When you say, okay, we've got to do these three principles, get the nutrients to your body, clear the metabolic waste and restore vitality. Like that's the very simplified version of what you just said. (laughs) But I just look at the Google list and I'm like, well, shouldn't that stuff take care of some of that? Shouldn't the exercise and sleep and um, eating healthy and all of that, shouldn't that help with that list? Great question. So yes, those things on that Google list, they do tie back to these three principles. Mm -hmm. However, by the time we are experiencing a symptom like migraines, Mm -hmm. we have things that are blocking the activity, the implementation, the completion of these three principles. Okay. And so... You're not going to overcome that by just getting more sleep, by walking more, by drinking more water. We do need those things, but it's not going to eliminate the issue all on its own. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go within this first principle. Let me kind of use this as an example. So to get the nutrients to every cell in the body. We have to eat food that has nutrients in it, and Mm -hmm. then we have to have proper digestive function, robust digestive digestive function, so that we can break the food down, extract the nutrients out of the food, and get the nutrients into the blood. Now, how many people are taking Tums, Prilosec, Nexium? Oh my gosh, I don't even want to know. (laughs) Right. Hashtag guilty. (laughs) (laughs) So why are why are people taking those things? Right. 
Nexium, Prilosec, these are, you know, now over the counter when they were prescriptions, they were, you know, top three prescription medications, these Mm -hmm. proton pump inhibitors like Nexium. Okay. Um, Now they're over the counter and people are taking them even more. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the first symptoms are generated when we start to have that heartburn, Mm -hmm. when we start to have that indigestion when we start to have that nausea. Right. These are symptoms of poor digestive function. Now, people don't realize that, right? Because we've been told it's normal to have heartburn. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I ate, to, I ate spicy food. What do you expect? Heartburn. <laughs> I'm middle-aged right. now. It just goes with the territory. Well, yeah. Right, it goes with the territory. You know, <laughs> I've had three kids. Of course, I have heartburn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are, you know, we, we should be able to eat, you know, spicy food. The pH in our stomach is one, Mm -hmm. right? That'll take pain off your car. Eating a, eating a paprika (laughs) in a chili is nothing. Okay. Pain off your car, sir. (laughs) Right. That was unexpected. So, but again, people assume, oh, well, yeah, you know, I had pizza. So, of course, I have heartburn. So, let me take the Nexium. Now, what does the Nexium do? The Nexium is a proton pump inhibitor. How does your stomach make the acid by pumping in protons? Mm -hmm. So, when we inhibit that, we inhibit the creation of the necessary stomach acid. Mm. Okay. Now, if we don't have the stomach acid, if the pH is not one in the stomach, we're not going to break down the food properly in the stomach. Mm. Then when it goes into the small intestine, it's not going to be properly prepared and the small intestine is going to get it and go, wait a minute here. This is half broken down. I can't work with this. Mm-hmm. In order to absorb minerals, there has to be acidic enough conditions in the stomach. So mineral absorption is significantly impaired. Again, you open up any biochemistry textbook, you're going to learn about all the minerals that are required for, by every cell in the body for all of their cellular functioning. Mm-hmm. And if we are taking Tums and Nexium and these types of things, because we think it's normal to have heartburn, mm-hmm. we are going to become mineral deficient. Mm. This is why it's it's posted on the, you know, this is well known, right? You're not supposed to take Nexium for more than 14 days because mm. the mineral deficiency can get so bad. Women, uh, the, a major driver of osteoporosis is due to the widespread consumption of Nexium and other things that are raising the pH in the stomach and preventing mineral absorption. And this is well documented, but the doctors keep recommending this stuff. Right. So well, we're I not know. going to be able to get our minerals in the system. And then we're going to have food that's not broken down properly. And then the small intestine is not going to be able to to properly break that down hmm. further. Well, then we wonder why we have bloating. Mm-hmm. We wonder why we have gas. Mm-hmm. We wonder why we have loose stools or constipation. All of this because we have been told it's normal to have heartburn, and so we go to Walgreens and buy the Nexium and take it. Right. 
So that's going to generate a blocker in that first principle of getting the nutrients to every cell in the body. If you don't have good digestive function, and if you're taking drug, you know, many other drugs inhibit digestive function. I mean, I could go on and on. Then you're taking something that further degrades your digestive function. You're going to, you have a blocker within this first principle. So just changing your eating habits, right? Because this is what people, well, I'm eating healthy. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, there's a lot of poor advice out there oh, as far as what healthy is. eating is. Okay. <laughs> so unfortunately, many people have been misinformed and they think they're eating a nutrient-rich health-supporting diet and they're actually not. That's that's mm-hmm. another thing. But even if somebody is eating, right, pristine right? Nutrient-dense diet. If their digestion is not functioning properly, they are not going to be able to get those nutrients to every cell in the body in the Mm -hmm. quantity that's required. (laughs) So if we look at what Google says, okay, eat healthy. Okay. Google said, work out, eat healthy, drink more water, get eight hours of sleep. Yep. Seems simple. Okay. So again, are you eating healthy? I've never had a client that did not need to make some changes to their eating habits. Sometimes I have clients that need to make just just a couple little changes. Okay. I have other clients that have been significantly misled. Okay. And they are not eating a health supporting diet. uh, You know, many times through no fault of their own, because there's so much poor advice out there. Mm -hmm. But other, right. It's not just about what we're eating. Are we able to break the food down? Mm-hmm. Fundamental question. And this is where people start developing symptoms first, usually. Mm-hmm. Right? I have many clients say, oh, well, I mean, I've, I've had tummy trouble since I was a kid. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a fundamental question, but it's not a question that, I mean, I don't know of any way to measure that other than, like you've said in the past, I know when someone's having a a difficulty with their digestion based on their symptoms, but you can't go to the doctor and have them measure your ability to digest food. Right. Right. They will say that they will say, Oh, we're going to do an endoscopy. We'll have you, you know, we'll do a a barium study. You know, they have these, they have these tests. This is to determine if somebody has major, major digestive dysfunction. But that's more like, let's look for a tumor. Let's look for exactly. right. like something that's like a, a, gosh, what do they call them? Like an ulcer, like something in your body that's a sore, an open sore. Like that's not measuring, can you break down food into smaller pieces? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this, you know, it's, it's the same stories with the blood work. The technology is there to determine major failures of the system. It's Mm -hmm. not there to look at, okay, what is the, you know, what is the very first signs? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I have, you know, my daughter is 12. I have been teaching her some of these, you know, principles and uh, these, these types of things since she was very little. And my mom says all the time, you know, she, she knew more (laughs) about how, you know, how she was supposed to feel by the time she was eight than, you know, I knew, or, you know, most people know their entire life. Amen to that. Right. I bet we could get her to come teach us a thing or two here. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know, this, and then just to kind of wrap up this first principle, because then once we digest the food and get the nutrients out of the food, we got to get the food into the blood and then we've got to transport the nutrients to the cells. Mm -hmm. Okay. This happens through carrier molecules, through our circulation, et cetera, through biochemical feedback on those transport molecules, et cetera. So it's not just, you know, before I went to naturopathic medical school, I just assumed, you know, you digest your food, the nutrients get in your blood and they just kind of float around and somehow they make it there. Okay? <laughs> People can have what we call in naturopathic medicine, a blood deficiency. Okay. Where mm -hmm. even if we're getting the nutrients into the blood, we have some deficiencies or blockers in the delivery of the nutrients to the cellular level. Mm hmm. Okay, so this is just the first principle that I'm breaking down here. Mm -hmm. So when people hear me talk about this first principle, getting the nutrients to every cell in the body, I, I've had, you know, people reach out to me for a free consult call and they say, well, but, you know, I'm eating healthy, so I can't have anything wrong in the first principle. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like if you are not feeling well, if you are having symptoms. If you are having chronic migraines, you mm -hmm. have a deficiency or blocker within the first principle, the second principle, and the third principle. I guarantee mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I'm like kind of surprised that people would even say that. <laughs> well, but this is, I, 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 I understand why people are saying this, right? Because just like this poster said in the Facebook group, I Googled. You know, I, I looked up restoring your health on Google and it states work out, eat healthy, drink more water and get eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is what we have been told over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. We've been told by our doctor that we are healthy because the lab work is fine. Right. Right. So nobody has told us, look, you know. You, you shouldn't have heartburn. That's a symptom. You shouldn't feel nauseous. You should have a good appetite. You shouldn't, you know, you should be able to eat a whole plate of food three times a day, right? You shouldn't be hungry between meals. You should go to the bathroom, right? You should have a bowel movement every day. You shouldn't have loose stools, right? Shouldn't have blood or mucus in the stools. Should pass the stools easily, right? Like I've talked about on this podcast, and I know you get a kick out of it every time I say this, we should not feel our digestive tract. <laughs> I'm still trying to digest that. Nobody <laughs> I was like, oh, that was bad. <laughs> so when people have been told over and over and over again, you're healthy, you know, you're just unlucky because you have these migraines. Right. Then, then they listen to me, they hear what I say and they're like, I, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm, I'm with them. Like I, you know, I grew up in the early or late eighties, early nineties. I'm going to stretch my age a tad there, but like, that's all we were ever taught. You know what I mean? It's pounded into our head, you know, eat healthy diet, exercise, water, sleep, like, Nobody tells you to pay attention to that deeper level of what's going on in your body. No one does. So the other things here, you know, drinking more water, okay? To mm -hmm. transport these nutrients, we have to have adequate hydration status in mm -hmm. the blood, 
to get the waste material out of the cell. So now we're going into the second principle. To get the waste material out of the cell, we have to have proper hydration. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then to eliminate toxins that the kidney eliminates from the body, we have to generate urine to do that. So we need to have mm -hmm. adequate water intake for that. Okay. So yeah, we do need to drink more water, but what about all of the other biochemistry that's required to get the toxins out of the cells? What mm -hmm. about all the biochemistry that's required in the liver and the kidney and the lungs, the three organs of detoxification, to transform those toxic molecules so that they can actually be eliminated from the body? Okay. Right. Water is not going to do any of that. Right. It's just a transportation system, basically. Exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. Of course we need it, but we need, you know, umpteen other things okay, mm -hmm. within that second principle to clear that metabolic waste material. Hmm. Right now, getting eight hours of sleep. Yes, this is most people are going to feel best with eight hours of sleep per night. This is why it's a typical average. Okay, um, and is that if we don't get enough sleep, well, okay, that's going to take a hit on our resiliency and vitality for sure. That's within the third principle. Um, it's going to significantly impair our digestion because our digestion has to rest overnight, and we have to have enough rest time in our sleep to restore our digestion every day. The body does a tremendous amount of healing work while we're sleeping. Okay. Um, detoxification and, and getting these things out of the cells, the body will use our sleep to do that. Right. So of course, sleep is going to be important. Right. Now, mm -hmm. when I'm working with clients, I have many clients that are not getting eight hours of sleep. Hmm. Now, when we are, Restoring our health, we want to ask ourselves, okay, what is preventing me from getting eight hours of sleep? Is it mm -hmm. physical symptoms? Am I waking up in excruciating pain and can't go back to sleep for two hours every night? Okay, that would be a blocker to that. Or am I am I having anxiety? Right? Is that preventing me from sleeping? Right? Mm -hmm. There can be any number of factors that are preventing people from getting adequate sleep. Mm -hmm. Right? Most practitioners they say, oh well. Mary, you're not getting enough sleep. Here's a handout on sleep hygiene. <laughs> Go through this list. Uh, I just want to cry when everyone hands me those lists. <laughs> right, exactly. This is the case for vast majority of people, right? <laughs> to really address this, we're going to have to go into maybe there's some, uh, you know, I, I have many clients, they have a two-year-old that's going through night tears or something like that or going through teething or you know, whatever it is. Right. They don't follow those darn lists. <laughs> they don't follow that checklist, right? So I've had clients where we've had to improve the health of the of the baby so that mama can get, get enough sleep. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Right? This is a truly holistic look when we're talking at sleep, mm -hmm. about sleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then working out. Well, okay. Most migraine sufferers, not all, but most migraine sufferers, great way to get a migraine, working working out. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Most women who are in a chronic migraine state, if they do more than a light walk, they're they're really risking getting a bad migraine. Mm. Right? Mm. And the men in their lives, right? Men are very oriented towards physical activity, exercise in general. Obviously there's exceptions, right? But in general, mm. men don't feel well, they get they get moving. Mm-hmm. Right? So you've got this woman with chronic migraines and her husband is saying, out of love, honey, why don't you go? get more exercise. That'll make you feel better. <laughs> right. 
That's right. Right behind. Calm down. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't ever say that. I can't, I can't even walk around the block. Right. Yeah. Mm. So physical fitness is not related to our state of health. That's so fascinating. Like we really have been drilled that into our heads from childhood and it's, It's a piece of it, but it really isn't the full answer. Correct. And like I say, rarely will I have a client that can actually work out in a chronic migraine state, but occasionally I will have clients where they're doing, um, you know, high intensity training. They're training for a marathon, right? That's that's a rarity, right? But I, it can happen. I have clients that are way more physically fit than I am, mm-hmm. and they're having migraines half the month. Mm. Right, I, I can't run a marathon. <laughs> right? I don't even want so, to. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have a high level of physical fitness and not be in a state of health. Our body mm-hmm. can be generating plenty of symptoms, even though we have a high level of physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Those two are not connected. I think that's just reassuring in a way, though. Like how. Often we do the, oh, I'm overweight, so it's my own fault. And all those, you know, conversations that we have in our head to beat ourselves up. Exactly. Exactly. You can be, I mean, and I'm not picking on anybody, but I know someone that recently got blood work done and they're, you know, from first glance, they're very healthy. They're physically fit, but their triglycerides were like, I don't even know, six or seven times higher than they should have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we can't always equate the way someone looks to their actual health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it's you that's struggling, there's no need to beat yourself up over that. It's not the big picture. I don't right. know. Right. Now, when we do move our body, we are moving the blood in the lymph. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we have better circulation, we're going to have better transport and delivery of those nutrients to the cells. So yes, quote unquote, working out or moving, yes, that has a positive impact within that first principle of getting the nutrients to every cell in the body. But again, if I am so debilitated that I can't even walk around the block, mm-hmm. right? Then I've got to increase my resiliency and vitality before I can exercise. Right. So it's not just a matter of, you know, again, a lot of people think I have a certain workout protocol for people. No, Mm -hmm. most of my clients, not all, but most of my clients cannot do more than a 20 minute light walk around the block when we first start working together. Mm. Because in order to exercise, quote unquote, exercise, right? In order to walk around the block, in order to lift weights, in order to ride your bike, you have to have more nutrients than ever at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. You are going to generate even more metabolic waste material by moving all of those muscles in the workout. And Mm -hmm. you are going to tax your resiliency and vitality. So working out taxes all three of those principles. Mm Mm-hmm. This is why, again, most people who are in a chronic migraine state, they're going to get a migraine if they work out. Mm -hmm. 
because they're they're already deficient in these three principles, and then they're working out and putting even more stress on those three principles. Hmm. So uh, I have many times had to tell clients, look, I need you to cut back on your exercise right now. Mm-hmm. While we're restoring you within these three principles, I don't want you going to Zumba. <laughs> I don't want you to go to, uh, you know, these high intensity training classes. Mm-hmm. Some women will tough it out. I, uh, not me. <laughs> if I have a migraine, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. Right. I'm, but there are women that, that they will tough it out. They will do the high intensity training. They will run their marathon schedule through mm-hmm. it all. Right. And I have to tell those women usually, look, we need to have you cut back on this mm-hmm. for now. Right. We want to restore your health first and then have you work on your physical fitness. Mm-hmm. I just love that. It's, I mean, it's so counterintuitive based on what we've learned, but I just love how like, I don't know, truly in tune you're teaching people to be with their body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very good. What do you think, Mary? I hope I brought a little clarity to this question. What do you think? I think we pretty did pretty darn good. Lots of okay, good. <laughs> about, yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> I think it'll probably come up again. I'm really yeah. glad this this poster in the Facebook group had the courage to ask this question because I hope they ask more. Yeah. Yeah, me too. We love having something to talk about, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so. Well, very good. Thank you again for joining me today, Mary. I appreciate you. Thank you. See you guys soon. Well, wonderful. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Um, and please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, share this information with them who could benefit from this information that we talked about today please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information and if you want to stay connected with mary and i please join our free facebook group we have nearly twelve thousand women who are rediscovering a migraine free life naturally you can go to healing migraines naturally with leslie caesar nd in the search box on facebook Or you can go to HealingMigrantsNaturally.com and we will redirect you there. 